Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Should I stay or should I go? That, my friends, is the question of the day and what we are talking about on episode 160 of Sports Business Secrets. We're obviously in March Madness, and basketball is the topic of the month. And as the season starts to come to an end for a lot of college players, they are starting to ask themselves this question. With the NCAA granting players an extra year of eligibility, a lot of players are in a situation right now where they don't know whether to stay in college another year or try to go pro. Or if they stay, they don't understand or they don't really know what might be the perfect fit of should I stay at this school or should I go to another school? And there's no there's no right or wrong answer, but today we're going to discuss this question. I've had a handful of conversations with some players on this topic the last few uh, weeks here. And so I figured it's a great time to share some insight on the process uh, and some things that you should think about if you are an aspiring pro, uh, pro and a current college player asking yourself this question. So obviously, <clears throat> every situation is different. Every situation is case by case. Uh, this might apply a little bit differently for someone who's at a Division II school or an NAIA or uh, a low major versus a high major wanting to transfer up versus transfer down. But here are <clears throat> the things that I want you to think about. There's there's four main categories here. Number one is education. I'm not shy about sharing that I'm not a huge fan of just getting a degree to, to get a degree and having the piece of paper. Uh, I don't think you necessarily need that piece of paper in life to be successful. That's obviously a, a different conversation. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But at the same time, I'm not saying you should just forget about college because having a degree is definitely a benchmark for success in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of hiring processes. Uh, so the reason why I talk about education is because you have to identify what situation you're in academically. So. If you have not graduated yet and you're looking to leave, ask yourself if you value that degree. Or if you leave, are you allowed to finish it online for free if you're still on scholarship? If you have your undergraduate degree and you have the chance to get a master's degree or an MBA somewhere, if you use that extra year, that might bring a lot of value to you and make a lot of sense versus jumping into the pro world directly. I mean, personally, if I had an extra year to get a master's degree or an MBA and add some, add something to my resume and add that network and a lot of the other benefits that I'm going to talk about on this episode, I would personally do it, but that might not be as important to you. You might not be a school person. You might not care or value another degree, right? If you already have an MBA or a master's degree, which a lot of players, especially at the division one level now, they have because they're able to take summer courses and, and even do, uh, play four years and spread it out over five, five years, then you might already have uh, uh, a master's or an MBA. So do you want another one? I mean, I have friends and, and former teammates that have 
they have multiple master's degrees because they took a GA path or they played an extra year or they transferred and they got another degree. That's fine. Education definitely plays a big role in the answer to this question for you. You just have to identify what you value. Number two, college experience. Forget about a degree for a second. Maybe you just truly value the NCAA experience. Maybe you want more gear. Maybe you want different gear. Maybe you want to experience a season without COVID. Maybe you didn't have a fun experience this year, or you know, you want to, you know, you just transferred to a school and you want to experience that same school again for an extra year, actually with students on campus. Uh, you know, maybe you want to explore a new city in, in the country. Maybe you want to battle and just go through that championship process again because you didn't win the championship this year because that only happens once in a lifetime, right? Very few players get the opportunity to play in multiple championship games. So if you graduate, that's never going to be there again. Maybe you value that, right? Maybe you value the NCAA tournament opportunity and you want to give it a shot. You don't want to leave with a bad taste in your mouth. You want to end on a NCAA run, right? But if, if, if that experience brings you value, then it counts as something in your own algorithm of determining should you stay or should you go. Next one is basketball fit. And obviously we have to talk about the basketball fit and stats, right? This is a big one. So if, if the reason that you're staying in school another year versus leaving is because you love the game and you don't care about stats, you don't care about your role, maybe you value the NBA, maybe you value that other stuff, then you don't necessarily have to listen to this section because this is more about statistically fitting in and what you can do to move the needle. Um, but if the reason that you want to go to school again or stay in school another year or even transfer a different school is to help your pro, uh, professional trajectory, then this is very important. Now, in a perfect world, of course, anywhere you go, whether you stay at the same school or whether you uh, hit the transfer portal and use a, uh, your, your another year somewhere else, of course, 20 points per game and 44% from three and a great assist to turnover ratio is, is fantastic, right? But you can still have a solid role, especially at a high major school or even a mid-major school if you win a lot and add value to your team now and also catch the eye or add value at the pro level. You don't need to be the leading scorer in the nation. Right, you don't need to lead the country in blocks. You don't need to be the MVP of your league. Obviously, that stuff helps. Um, but scouts and agents want to—they want to see consistency. They want to see improvement. They want to see you competing and actually performing against higher talent. Right? That doesn't mean that you can't go from a high major to a mid major. Um, you know, but if if you did do that, then they would obviously want to see you doing much better than you did the high major because you're 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 competing against you know, in quotes, uh, lower, a lower level of talent overall, top to bottom, if you go from a Duke to a Quinnipiac, all right? I love my Bobcats, but they're not quite at the Duke level yet. So you just have to take that into consideration. Uh, but again, scouts, you know, if you do go up, right, let's just say, because that, that seems to be what most people do is that, you know, they do well at a mid-major and they want to get the opportunity at a, at, a, at a Power 5 conference. So if you go up, what scouts are looking for is can you still do what you were doing against higher competition? And does that actually scale or are you just a really good college mid-major player, but then you have a ceiling, uh, you know, at a certain, and it peaks off at a certain level, right? Can you block as many shots? Can you keep the, the same pace? Can you lock down and, 
and and defend the same way that you defended in a, in a low major conference doing that at, at the power five level it's not easy right so so some examples of of, of the way that uh, stats translate are let's just take Nate Sestina for example he went from Bucknell to Kentucky at Bucknell he was playing almost 30 minutes and he averaged nearly a double double 16 points nine rebounds in the Patriot League right and then he went to Kentucky and played less than 20 minutes and averaged less than six points and four rebounds per game, which is a huge difference. So, you know, from 30,000 feet, you look at that and say oh, six points and four rebounds, that's nothing. But it translated to an extent, and he was able to, to, to prove that he could be consistent at that level and add a certain amount of value. He didn't need to be the leading scorer. There were other guys for that at that level, right? So the point of me telling you that is, okay, well, where are they now? So Nate played in the G League, and now he's in the first division of Israel playing professionally overseas. So after that transfer year for him, if you look back on it, it worked out well. A lot of people said it's probably not a good move. A lot of people said he wouldn't be able to play at that level. And he obviously proved them wrong. You know, he didn't score as much. He didn't rebound as much. He didn't have as much effect of the game as he dominated in the Patriot League, but it worked. Another guy is Justin Pierce. He was at William and Mary scoring 15 points, nine rebounds and four assists per game. And then he transferred to UNC. And some would argue that it was it did not work out well for him because he averaged, I think, almost five points and shot 22% from three. So you would say, okay, from 30,000 feet, that was not a smart move. Like he proved that he couldn't play at a higher level. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Remember, it is, it is very difficult. There's only a few guys that can lead the country in scoring at, at, at high majors. Right. So you don't need to be that top person. You need to prove that you can add value in certain situations. And so the, the reason for me telling you that is that he's right now playing in the first division of Finland, averaging 17 points a game. So just because you aren't the leader if, after you transfer doesn't mean that it cannot be successful. Now, I will say also make sure like it can very easily go the opposite way. You can be, uh, you know, the leading scorer in the country or you know, top 10 in rebounding or whatever it may be at a mid-major or low-major and then go to a high-major and then not perform as well, and maybe that would hurt you a little bit. It's always case by case. So you have to find out what part of the fit that you're going to play on the new team you're going to that obviously involves the coaches, that involves your teammates, that involves uh, anyone that's affiliated with the basketball team and administration. Are you Are you going to surround yourself with the right people that – you can fit the new puzzle piece because remember, it's different. It's not going to be the same thing that you were doing wherever you were. If you're going to transfer or even if you're going to stay at the same school, you have to understand there's probably new players coming in. There's going to be a little bit of a shift to the way that players play. So are you going to be able to do what you did last year, either better if you're at the same school and improve on that or scalable to a different level? And then the last category that I have here is network. I think this plays a big role because it's not just, I'm not just, when I say network, I'm not just talking about like the network of your players and teammates uh, and coaches, like I mentioned uh, about 30 seconds ago, of course, but I'm really, I'm really referring more to like the university and the actual network that you create with the alumni and the professors and the people in the community. Don't forget Basketball is a privilege and everyone and their brother and sister wants to be a pro. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So even if you get lucky and 
you play professionally for 15 years. Do you plan on retiring at 36 years old, 37 years old? And we all know how, what percentage of pe people play 15 years, very few. So the stronger the network you have and the more relationships you have outside the game or even in the game, that can open up doors for a separate or even a simultaneous career outside of basketball for the long term, then you should do it. If that means going to a new school because you think that you're going to add that that business school network to your foundation, then great. If that adds value for you, then do it. For me, it would have been fantastic. I would have loved to have gone to uh, outside of where I went, Quinnipiac University. It has a great network there, but I would have loved to had uh, have an opportunity to add more professors and alumni and business professionals to my foundation of network when I was in college. That would have been fantastic for me because I'm a business guy. Uh, it, it's not the same for everyone. It might not matter to you at all. So just make sure that you take that into consideration. So ultimately, I hope those four things kind of helped you think about uh, your perspective in your certain situation. But at the end of the day, what I come back to and what I've told every single player I've talked to is the question, will it move the needle? Ask yourself that question. If you stay another year in college, whether you're at the same school or you transfer, is that move going to move the needle for you? What do I mean by that? So in other words, what do you have to do in another year of college basketball, statistically speaking, for it to present opportunities for your first year pro basketball that are not available for you right now? So does that mean you have to be the, the conference player of the year? And, and be the leading scorer for it to change the trajectory or maybe for you to work yourself into the NBA draft? I don't know. You, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Where are you right now and what would you need to do on the court, statistically speaking, basketball-wise, for you to change the opportunities that you'll have available for yourself? So, for example, if right now you're not on any, any NBA radars and you think you can go to an entry-level overseas team – Maybe that's uh, a Germany second division, the Spain second division, a Portugal, uh, maybe a Belgium, maybe a Netherlands, maybe a Denmark, something like that. If, if that's you right now, how well do you need to play to change the minds of decision makers and scouts for you to say, oh, in one more year of college basketball, you're going to have an opportunity to get to the BBL Germany or to the VTB or to the first division of France or the second division of France even, or the second division or the first division of Italy. What are you going to have to do to make that jump? It's very difficult. And that's why I'm telling you this, to think about it that way. For a lot of you out there, it's going to be hard to move the needle. So take into consideration some of the other aspects that affect your algorithm of what brings you value. So if it's just basketball wise, and it's going to be hard to move the needle, do you want to take that extra year of school just to try to put that much pressure on yourself to move the needle when in reality, maybe you should start your pro career this year. I don't know. I can't answer that question. I can only give certain insight, which is the point of me doing this episode. So hopefully you learned something there. If you have any questions on this or, you know, everyone thinks that their situation is different or, you know, their, their situation, you know, needs to be understood because this happened and that happened. I get it. Everyone does have their own certain specific case. But if you think that I can help answer a couple questions, don't hesitate to reach out. As always, my email is kevin at creationtalent.com. That's K-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. Send me an email, hit me up on social media, and hopefully I'll be able to answer your question. I would be happy to. Have an excellent day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.
Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.